गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबडी आई स्नेग्धा शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड ट्वेंटी सेकेंड मे टू दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोज हु डू नॉट हैव टाइम टू रीड न्यूज पेपर द एनालिसिस ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड हैप्पी प्रिपरेशन The first article of the day is Trumping Majoritarianism in the Hindi Heartland. Regional assertion cannot work in Uttar Pradesh even if it may be a bulwark against the BJP's expansionary plans. This article is written by Zoya Hassan. The landslide victory of the All India Trinamool Congress in the West Bengal Assembly elections and the pushback of BJP in West Bengal, Tamil Nadu and Kerala have given rise to a pervasive belief that right wing politics can be defeated by regional assertions undoubtedly regional and cultural assertion in these states acted as an effective bulwark against the bjp's expansionary plans in southern and eastern india the regional cultural troops uh, play deployed by mamta banerjee for example worked so well that at one point home minister and bjp leader amisha was even forced to clarify that if the bjp is elected someone from bengal would be the chief minister this underlines the effectiveness of regional culture and politics in trumping communal politics however this claims need to be tempered by the realism that it cannot work in the hindi heartland which is dominated by caste and communal politics and has so far not seen any serious ideological and political challenge to politics based on these identities encompassing nine states whose official language is hindi namely bihar chatisgarh haryana himachal pradesh jharkhand madhya pradesh rajasthan uttar pradesh and uttarakhand this region re- retains a central position in the electoral strategies of the bjp and its larger political imagination the party's stunning show in these states propelled it to power in the 2014 and 2019 parliamentary elections it's continued political dominance in the heartland will neutralize its losses now as well as in the future in states where it has been bested by regional players i will focus here on up to illustrate the limits of the regional assertion dimensions in the heartland the heart in the hindi heartland is clearly different there are at least four important dimension of this differences First is the absence of regional identity in states such as UP. This is evident from the debate on states reorganization and the reorganizations of Uttar Pradesh in the 1950s. The compulsion of national oriented uh, identity emerged very clearly from the discussion in the states reorganization committee on suggestions from the division of UP for administrative convenience. UP leaders argued for a large and powerful state in the Gangetic Valley as a guarantee of India's unity. In this sense UP was considered the backbone of India and the centerpiece of political identity in modern India. Importantly it was supposed to provide the chief bulwark against growing regionalization and fragmentation elsewhere instilling a sense of regional pride an essential part of congress strategy in southern and coastal india was not followed in up up was seen as a political heartland in contrast to punjab and bengal for instance which was splintered and incorporated into two different nation states as is well known the basis of the post colonial identity varied from its location in the freedom struggle to staking claim as a cultural he- homeland of hindi and hinduism 
In both cases, it was centered in the idiom of the nation state and strong central authority. Second, although UP's cultural homogeneity remains a matter of disagreement, the idea of the heartland had great resonance among the political elite who opposed the demand for UP's reorganization. The long-standing traditions of composite cultural identity and shared plural cultures began to yield place to a singular homogenized identity. The Hindi-Urdu divide, which mirrored the communal cleavage of UP society, played a crucial role in this process. Urdu was excluded as it was seen to symbolize Muslim cultural identity in independent India. While Hindi was boosted to promote the development of Hindu, Hindi heritage for this region. The project of homogenization of Indian UP culture as Hindu culture was quickened in later decades. Even though it would be hard to assume a direct link between Hindi dominance and communal politics of subsequent decades, it is nevertheless a fact that all political parties in the state used it as an ingredient of social and cultural differentiation and a means to con- consolidate political dominance. Role of Communal Politics Third, it is clear that communal politics and communal movement have played a key role in UP's modern history, which in turn have diluted other identities. In some respects, the pro- this process gained momentum in the wake of partition, which cast its long shadow upon political institutions and cultures in UP, and to a great extent affected the perspective of Hindus and Muslims alike. Hindu nationalism was marginalized within the Congress party, but many of its ideas were accepted in framing party policies. The state leadership was instrumental in foregoing foreging, uh, conservative consensus in the state under Chief Minister G.B. Panth, who steered the affairs of the state for eight years after independence. The intensification of communal politics took a new turn with the mass mobilization for the uh, construction of a Ram Temple at Ayodhya, which was deftly used by Hindu right to establish a major presence in UP and to facilitate the political reconstruction of UP through the promotion of a collective Hindu identity. The crusade for the appropriation of disputed shrines is central to the communalization of politics and short-circuiting the more complex process of political expansion for the BJP. Importantly, this has uh, laid the groundwork for building permanent electoral majorities through the deployment of ascriptive symbols in UP, which given its huge size, helps it to establish a strong base in Hindi heartland to offset the appeal of countervailing identities elsewhere in India. Caste politics too. Finally, caste politics, which was expected to counter Hindutva expansion, has failed to do so. In fact, caste politics has become a building block for BJP's expansion. The party has reached out to Dalits, actively mobilizing them and other backward castes to assimilate them into the Hindu meta-narrative. Instead of erasing caste from electoral politics, the BJP Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangh has sought to quote fragments of caste as a way of undermining broad-based political movement and opposition to it. It has used the wider appeal of Hindu nation nationalism to co-opt backward caste and Dalits who are keen to align themselves to the larger narrative of Hindu nationalism. A reset is needed. 
While regional parties will continue to be significant in various states of the union, the principal challenge of overcoming majoritarianism lies in the Hindi heartland, especially in UP. Oppositional electoral alliances, notably the formation of a federal front, are important strategies in this battle. But it is no less important to, to challenge the ideological foundations of the majoritarian project through progressive and inclusive politics. This requires a reset of the basic political mindset in UP, which can only be done by reviving the splendid heritage of the national movement in which this region played a central role and in which Gandhiji and Nehru played a heroic part. Invoking the spirit of the Bhakti movement, which was the first major challenge to the religious orthodoxy of Hinduism, would also help in resetting the cultural clock. This must, however, combine with much greater concern for the fundamental social and economic issues of the state, and making the struggle between communal and secular forces the central issue through public campaigns that address the problems of religious traditionalism and the cultural underpinning that this this provides to the push to india to make india a hindu state so the next article is extending safety staggering of vaccines doses should not be to merely by time until more doses are available Pursuing a policy of spreading the interval between two doses of vaccine, the center has now outlined more scenarios of second dose deferment. While lactating women are now encouraged to get vaccinated, those who have recovered from an infection ought to be getting vaccinated three months. Hence, the recommendation earlier was four to eight weeks. Those inoculated but who have tested positive should defer from their second dose by three months after clinical recovery from COVID-19. The recommendations are follow from earlier ones that advise increasing the interval from 12 to 16 weeks for Covishield, the more widely available vaccine. But there are two underlying principles behind these recommendations, the first being a vaccine shortage. Until early April, India had a very different scheme for its vaccination rollout, appearing to take stock of availability as well as prioritizing those at greater disease risk. It was a ferocity of the second wave that caused the government to panic and free up vaccine supply applying to each his own approach. While this benefit a fraction of the privilege, it has not improved access as seen by the stagnation in daily inoculations and a fall in second dose recipient numbers. The second principle is that the timing of the second dose for an optimal boost to the immune system is not clear. A general policy for childhood vaccine in India is a 4-8 to eight week interval. However, clinical trials of the AstraZeneca vaccine in the UK showed that binding antibodies block one nearly twice as high in those who get their shots 12 or more weeks apart than in those had within 6 weeks. The vaccine also appeared to be more protective in those above 18 with a longer dose interval. While antibody levels are key marker of protection, there are not the, they are not the only ones. Cell-based immunity, whereby the immune system confers long-lived immunity counts too. Given that SARS-CoV-2 has been around for less than 20 months, there is uncertainty about the duration of protection. There are also documented cases of breakthrough infection as well as deaths after the second dose. Though they fall within expected satisfactory, uh, satis, 
statistical statistical boundaries so far it is only more inoculations from now they will shed greater clarity on the degree of protection put together these recommendations do buy policy makers time to stagger this until more vaccine become available from august on the other hand the toll from india's second wave continues to surpass a similar daily figures from the us and brazil given that many indians have still not been exposed to the virus and you are threatening variants abound there is no reason to be complacent that people will be protected from future waves the aim of vaccine is to prevent severe disease and death and all policy recommendations must be geared towards that goal there is no room for knee jerk reaction that can compromise this objective The third article of the day is a fitful approach. India must have data protection laws in place before acting against WhatsApp. The center's recent notice to messaging services provider WhatsApp to withdraw its updated privacy policy is an avoidable intervention into what is a legitimate business decision. WhatsApp early this year updated its private policy privacy policy according to which users would no longer be able to stop the app from sharing data such as location number with its parent facebook unless they'll delete their accounts altogether whatsapp initially proposed a february 8 deadline but an intense backlash against this decision triggering an exodus of its users to rival pr- platforms such as signal forced whatsapp to push the update to may 15 eventually decided not to enforce this as well preferring to as a spokesman told this newspaper follow up with reminders to people over the next several weeks whatsapp has over 2 billion users in the world about half a billion of whom are in india who use it for free its privacy policies are designed to make the business interaction that takes place on its platform easier while also personalizing ads on facebook that is how it will have to make it money in its affidavit in the delhi high court whatsapp has reportedly said that it is not forcing users to accept the updated privacy policy they have option to delete their accounts and if whatsapp is ready to take the risk of users abandoning it why should the government intervene in the process the ministry of electronics and it that is meti has sought a response from whatsapp within 70 days in doing so meti has made a charge that whatsapp has discriminated against its use in indian users its letter to whatsapp reportedly says that given that indians depend on it to, to communicate it is not just problematic but also irresponsible for whatsapp to leverage this position to impose unfair terms and conditions on indian users particularly those that discriminate against indian users vis-a-vis users in europe First it can be argued that there are enough alternative to WhatsApp in the market but more importantly it has to be pointed out that Europe citizens are protected by the strong uh, data laws that go by the name of general data protection regulation that is GDPR where is the indian equivalent of such laws when will they be implemented there these are questions that the government should answer These questions have become even more pertinent because WhatsApp has reportedly said in its affidavit that it is being signaled singled out and that its policy is not different from those of private apps such as Google, Big Basket, Coo as well as public apps such as Arogya Setu, Bhim, IRCTC and others. A fitful approach to issues concerning the users may do more harm to India's approach to data protection and freedom than anything else.